podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, Sai from Ace Podcast Nation. Uh, you can keep up to date with what's coming up on Twitter at AceCast underscore Nation and our Facebook page. All our latest shows and videos go straight to YouTube first, uh, but they'll also be on Twitter and Facebook as well. Uh, so hit that subscribe button and then hit the bell to get notifications for every time we upload a video. Uh, so we have just discussed event, uh, Marvel Phase 1, Marvel Phase 2. We're on to the home stretch, the final part, Phase 3, which is the longest as well. But uh, we're going to skip through it relatively quickly. We'll be here for days. But uh, joining me to get involved in the hype for Avengers Endgame uh, is my buddy Reese from the Conspiracy Theory Show. Say hello, Reese. Hello, guys. So, we, said we started on phase one with Iron Man. It started back in 2008, which is. A long old time ago, we were dedicated. We've watched every second of every film. And if you like me, you've watched every second of every TV show as well. Because i got kids, so I don't have a social life. So here we go. So <clears throat> we ended on Ant-Man 1. Uh, so Phase 3 began in 2016 with Captain America Civil War which was an absolute banger of a film. Amazing. And uh, nothing quite beats when Spider-Man came on. That trailer where he came in, the first trailer they showed him in, it was just like, oh, this is going to be good shit. Pal. Yeah. What an actor for Spider-Man as well. All the previous Spider-Man films... I'm not a big fan, to be honest, but the new one, what's his name? Um, what's the kid's name? He gives away all the spoilers, doesn't he? Yeah, Tom Holland. That's it, yeah. He's pretty much banned from interviews. <laughs> he's funny. But um, it's weird, like, because he's obviously he's British as they come. Um, so is Don Cheadle, who plays War Machine. And so is uh, Charlie, I think it's Charlie Cook, who plays Daredevil. But they all do really, really good American accents. Just, you forget that they're British yeah, for the so... whole time that they're playing them. Yeah. Like Civil, Civil War, was, it wasn't really like a Captain America film. It was like just Avengers 2.5. It was so big and it was so, you know, everyone was in it. Only people in it who weren't in it was Thor and Hulk. And I mean, yeah, but they were doing Ragnarok. They can be excused. Yeah, and I think it, that also added to the Hulk story as well. The fact that he wasn't there and no one knew where he was, and then you find out where he's been. Um, what was your favourite part of Civil War? Do you think it's got to be the battle scene, haven't it? Yeah, the airport scene yeah. is just... The airport scene is... Wow. You know, Spider-Man coming into it and... He's just 
but it was just the way that they they did a very good job of pairing off the characters to who was fighting who. Yeah. And I think if they had had Hulk and Thor in it, it would have made it more complex because whoever had one of them. They were too powerful for the other characters, let's be fair. Yeah, well, if you think, like, they've spent, like, all the other films telling you how no one one could control the Hulk, not even Thor. Yeah. So if you had him in Civil War, it was going to be very difficult to... If they were both sort of on the same side, that side was winning, end of story. If they were on different opposing sides, it would have been just them two fighting each other. Yeah, it would have taken away from all the other little... Marvel played it perfect there. Yeah, and I like the fact that they brought in uh, the Secretary of State, Ross, back into it from hadn't been seen since The Incredible Hulk. I yeah. liked that they brought him back, and I was hoping when they announced that he was going to be in it, I was hoping that they were going to bring in, uh, bring him out as you know he was going to become Red Hulk. I got a feeling they may do that after Infinity War, because yeah. if the rumors if the rumors are true and or if rumors are swirling that maybe Mark Ruffalo's done after Endgame, then I wonder whether they might instead of recasting it again in case he wants to come back, is if they might just, when they reset after an end game, however they do, whether they go down the, the multiverse route or whatnot, or the mutants or whatever they decide to go, is whether they might have him as Red Hulk for the time being. And then if Ruffalo decides he wants to come back in a few years, you can do your Hulk versus Hulk story then. Yeah, um, in my opinion, if Ruffalo goes, Hulk should go with him. You can't replace that character. Yeah, you know, I think, and that's what I mean. I think that rather than recast for a different person, I think they're more likely to go with Thunderbolt Ross being Red Hulk. Yeah. Or, or they'll bring back Tim Roth as, um, oh, what's his name? And who was his? Um, oh, shit, that'll come to me now. The guy from the baddie from uh, Incredible Hulk. Uh, um, I can't remember his name now. Oh, that's going to bug me. There's um, so many characters we can't remember them all, mate. No, it's going to because we just talked about him. It's going to annoy me. Right, Apolo- but, yeah. Apologies to any Marvel fans out there who do know everything. I know that. I know. They'd be like screaming at me. But I but, hate Hulk films. I'm not going to lie. Uh, see, it's going to really bother me. I'm going to go look. But, like, yeah, Civil War was just a masterpiece of action film. And even if you weren't an avid Marvel uh, watcher, it was just a good action blockbuster. It was one of them films you could just watch and enjoy. Yeah, and it was just so... Background stories and things. It was just sit back and watch an action film. Abomination. That's yeah. So, you, like, if they wanted to have like a Hulk-style character, and Ruffalo's gone, then they got two choices, which are already established, really. Where you can go with the red version of Hulk, which the fans want, or you can go with Abomination, bring him back, and Tim Roth's a good actor as well. And 
I like um, what's his face who plays Thunderbolt Ross as well. Um, he's just a uh, William Hurt, isn't it? He's a really good actor. And but you see Bucky Barnes come into it a bit more as well in Civil War. He just he's not like this uh, zombified. Yeah. Uh, he he's a Captain America with weapons. Yeah. And that's it. It is that, and he's like, he's a proper badass. Like, he, um, but yeah, they brought him in. He was more of a character in this, and it progressively, as he gets through the films, he's still got issues, and they're still using him to. They're still setting him up as this, like the bad bad guys of the film are setting him up uh, to make Stark and Co think that he's a baddie. And then when they finally get on board with him, Stark finds out that uh, he killed his parents. Yeah. Just for that last scene, isn't it, where they're fighting each other and then they stop and they're all on the same page. And then Zemo shows them that shows Stark the video, and you can see Captain America's face. He's like, "Don't watch it, don't." But so following actors. Eventually, you know, he realized, well, he's he's clever enough to know, you know, it wasn't Bucky doing that, simple as. Yeah, but I think in that moment, wasn't it? You know, oh, in that moment there. Find, find out. He finally found out who killed his parents. And the rage is going to take like, over. He's only human. That's another good thing. It shows the human aspect of it. Yeah, this, the storytelling all around is just. Yeah, you, you look at the old. Supernatural, uh, the old superhero films, there wasn't much emotion in them. They all had, you know, a love interest, but that was it. But yeah, in the it's... Avengers, in, there's raw emotion in these films as well. Yeah, and all the characters over the 11 years or so, they've all developed and grown. They've had their like, low points, and especially recently, but like, like I was saying about Iron Man, Three, uh, what I, what I liked about Iron Man 3 was that it didn't just ignore what had happened in Avengers and do like a separate Iron Man story, it made it to be sure that the audience knew that Tony was struggling with the fact yeah. or the things he'd have to do, and that's what you want from characters is you want them, you need to be able to relate to them, even as superheroes. And in order to do that, you need to see them go through their struggles as well as their superhero business. Yeah. You know, everyone, so, when they're doing great and being the hero, everyone's like, yeah, I want to be them. And then when you see the real, you know, true gritty side of it, you're like, oh, not so much. That's it, man. It's all real. You know, it's, you can relate. Indeed. So, at the end of uh, Civil War, obviously, Tony and uh, Steve go their separate way and Steve leaves his uh, shield behind uh, and then satisfied that he's avenged his family's death from Sokovia the um, Zemo attempts suicide was stopped by Black Panther and he's arrested uh, and then obviously Bucky and uh, not Bucky, uh, War Machine gets shot out of the sky by Vision who's distracted uh, and he ends up with leg braces on 
and then your post credit scene was uh, Peter Parker was exploring his web shooters, which were built for him by Tony Stark, and Bucky chooses to go to cryogenic cryogenic sleep until a cure for his brainwashing is found by the, the dudes at Black Panther. Yeah. So we missed the film. We've missed um, Black Panther. No, Black Panther's after Civil War, isn't it? You are right. I was thinking then, because T'Challa was in it. I was yeah, thinking, Black Panther's is, in, is the introduction. Yeah, oh, you're right. right. Well, I'll edit that bit out so I, didn't, so I know what I'm talking about. It was just I seen it. I was like, have we missed one? Right. Uh, Doctor Strange was next in 2016, which, again, is up there in one of my, uh, in my sort of, I don't know if it's in my top three, but it's certainly really? up there. It's my favourite ones. Ooh. I really like I really oh, love Benedict. I love the characters in Doctor Strange, as in Doctor Strange and Wu. But wasn't a big fan of the film. No, I do like it. Um, and not the big. And I've watched it a few times, and I'm just not the biggest fan. As a character, amazing. And he, even in Doctor Strange, the film, I know he goes to get up against Dormandu, but it doesn't really show his power, does it? No, it it is more of a an origin with him, and and I. I do like the way that it starts with, like, he has the accident and he's a bit of a prick and he's up himself. Yeah. And he has to go on a bit of a, like a journey and a story. Yeah. Um, you know, he, like, he loses his, uh, his missus and he's a bit of a twat, like. And then <clears throat> he goes, and, you know, he goes to the ancient one and he gets his powers and he has to do his training and all this. And there's some impressive uh, CGI again in this. When oh, they're running the in it. You know, the, the buildings and the warp in everything and brilliant. It's just, I didn't really enjoy it as a film. Ah. But the characters of it, Wong and Doctor Strange, amazing. Yeah, so like the end comes when he's fighting Dorman, uh, Dormammu. Uh, he enters the dark dimension and creates a time loop around himself and Dormammu. Uh, after repeatedly killing Strange to no, ama- uh, no avail, he gives up and gives in to his demands to leave Earth. And what note? Um, and then he breaks the time loop, and then all is good again. If he's safe. Yes, and then more. The guy, the guy who had sort of trained strange uh mordo he leaves because he's disillusioned by the fact that strange has got the eye of agamotto and whatnot and he doesn't like the way things have gone down and the ancient one hadn't been telling him the truth i think if i remember correctly i think so um, so yeah and then the mid credit scene or the Post credit scenes was uh, Strange was joined by Thor, who was after help for Loki, uh, 
and Odin, and then the post credit scene was the Mordo was stealing uh, mystical energy from people because there was too many sorcerers. Was setting up him as the, the bad dude for the next one. Yeah, we got uh, that in phase four. Yeah, and then Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two in two thousand and seventeen. You preferred this to the first one, didn't you? Yeah. Mm, For me, it's a bit of a... more of a standalone film than the first one, I think. It doesn't really tie into the story too much as such, does it? No, no, it's not not tied into Thanos and um, it doesn't really tie in too much to the overarching story with the infinity stones yeah i think more so with this it was a case of wow this film was a hit let's roll with this because out of in the last few years guardians of the galaxy was probably probably bigger hits than the avengers to be honest because all them characters were already there if you get yeah, it one of characters guardians of the galaxy smashed it yeah, and I think one of the reasons I don't like the end of it is because they killed Yondu. Yeah. <laughs> I really like him. Um, and like as he sacrifices himself to save Quill, Quill realises yeah. that the reason Yondu kept him was that he didn't want him to go to Ego. Um, yeah. And you have that this moment where like he's realising, oh, shit. He really cared about me. Yeah. And my old my old man did not and it's a bit of a thing and then post credit scene. The typical hard ass stepdad who did really love him. Yeah. And like the um, the series or the, the there was like a few in these. The you had the post credit scene where Craglin takes up uh, his his telekinetic arrow. Um well, and then the Ravagers, um, the old team of Ravagers with Sylvester Stallone and that, which are based on the original Guardians of the Galaxy characters from the comics. Yeah. Um, they reunite at the end in one of the, um, in one of the after credit scenes, and then the final one is Groot is grown into a teenager, <clears throat> and um, the Aisha the uh, the gold, I can't remember what race they are, it was like the the, the gold ones from the yeah. very start um, she's growing an artificial human or an artificial being with whom she plans to destroy the Guardians of the Galaxy, naming yeah. him Adam and everyone thinks that's going to be Adam Warlock from the comics which is yeah. super important he's super important to the Infinity War story as well yeah, which is a, bit like, a massive like, power so like he'll be that'll be a really interesting. That's why Guardians Three is going to be awesome, especially now James Gunn's directing it again because they yeah. they'll use all his original story, which would have led on directly from this. My favorite Stanley cameo as well is uh, the very last uh, post credit scene is uh, when he's with the Watchers and they all abandoned him on whatever planet they're on. And yeah. He's, and he's discussing all his experiences on Earth to them, saying that he's like a watcher, and it's all his cameos from all his different Marvel films, 
which I just thought was genius and yeah. a fantastic way to, uh, you know, to bring that all full I, circle. I, I thought for that. years that he was a watcher, to be honest. But it just brings it all, it like ties it all up into a bow, doesn't it? Yeah, just I, even, I thought even because he plays the same character it. in every film. If you, I know he's yeah, yeah. he's a, doing a different thing as such, but he's exactly the same in every one. Yeah, yeah, I do like that. I like I just like that it ties everything together. So following Guardians two, that uh, we had Spider Man Homecoming, which was the first Spider Man standalone film in the MCU, which was good. It was nice to see as well. Very, very good, but I think his introduction was so good, I expected more from him from the film. Yeah, it was. it's a bit of a weird one, because over the years, it's always been the, the Spider-Man origin story, and I'm glad that they foregoed that and just went in a different direction. But then, because he'd come in in such this big, huge storyline with like all the Avengers fighting and that type of thing. It makes it very difficult. Sorry, yawning there. Um, it makes it very difficult to to follow that up without all those characters in it. Um, there's some good actors in there, like John Favreau. I really like. He's yeah. really good. Michael Keaton and. Um, I like the new Aunt May as well. I thought that was good that she wasn't going to be like this old lady and then they made her a bit younger. I preferred that. I felt yeah. like they needed to change. They, the things they... They needed to change certain aspects of his story to make it stand out away from the previous Spider-Man films. Yeah. And I felt like they did that pretty well, even if it wasn't quite as good as I thought it was going to be. I've already seen the Spider-Man films just from Tom Holland. Yeah, and I think it was. Yeah, I really, you know, I really enjoyed it, and I. It's not by any means the worst MCU film anywhere close, but I think it could have been better as well. Um, but I did really like it, and I like it. I like the interactions between him and Tony. Yeah, um, I like that relationship, and yeah. I'm glad that they went with Iron Man as like his sort of father figure and whatnot. Because then, when it made for that moment in Infinity War, made it all the more emotional and like heartbreaking. It was that was a proper little. Question. If he had been in Spider Man, would that have been as an emotional? You know, it might have been, but I tend to think maybe probably wouldn't have been. I don't think that scene would have been in the same relationship. Yeah, I don't think that scene would have been in it if it wasn't played out as it was. Yeah, possibly. So, and I was also glad that they brought in some different villains instead of the same ones they've always done. Yeah. You know, and it, it, it was good how this villain could use the Marvel stuff. Well, yeah, they tied it all in, didn't they, with um, we like made the technology from the 
um, from the first Avengers film, and uh, you know they used the, te- the guns and weapons which had been left over from the Battle of New York, which again made the whole story come together nicely. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's like fairly run of the mill one that it was it was good, wasn't amazing. Um and then right at the right at the end of the film uh you've got the vulture characters in prison and he's approached by someone else and they sort of Tease that he knows who Spider Man's real identity, and will he tell? Will he know? And he says no. Um, and the other scene was that Aunt May walked in as he was getting back from being Spider Man, yeah, and he had the suit on. She was like, What the? and then it finishes, yeah, which was good again because it was different, it wasn't yeah, this she had thing to be of walking on it, didn't she? Yeah, it's just different. Again, it just makes it different from the other, the other Spider-Man films because you've we've seen it all like the hidden identity and the same, you know, the Sandman and the Venom and all these characters which we've seen various times in various different films. It was time for new villains for Spider-Man to go up against, and there's so many cool villains for Spider-Man from the comics. I'm looking forward to the new Spider-Man film where they have um, the Mysterio character. Yeah. Because he was one of my favourite villains when I was little. The fishbowl over his head. So I'm looking forward to that as well. <gasps> Dr. Ock was always my favourite when I was young. Yeah, I like Dr. Ock as well. But again, I think they'll bring um, the Osbournes and stuff in over the next couple of years. They didn't need to bring them in straight away. Yeah. Because it's been done before. Like, bring them in as main characters, because they've had stuff with the Fantastic Four and all that type of stuff. So, like, you can bring them all in around the same time when you need to move on from the original Avengers. And they all, you know, some of them have finished their contracts up. You've got all these characters you can bring in that people are familiar with. Yeah, I know people are ready for a fresh take on them. And like you say, when we were younger, there was only really three superheroes about one there, and Spider-Man was one of them. So everyone remembers his enemies. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, so after Spider-Man, we had Thor Ragnarok, which was last, no, not last year, year before, 2017. Yeah. One of my all-time favourite Marvel films. Yeah, it's very good. Absolutely. It's where you realise how badass Thor is. Yeah, it's good. And um, I like that they tied in the World War Hulk storyline. Yeah. Uh, Sorry, the Planet Hulk storyline from the comics and the cartoons into this. Because, again, they couldn't do a Planet Hulk storyline where he goes to Scar and gets captured and goes through all this stuff because they don't want Universal to um, to be involved in making it and stuff. Yeah, And I thought this was a clever way to 
get around it by having Hulk do his film over three other like three other films. Yeah, um, well, they're geniuses. Eventually, they'll have the rights to them all, won't they? Oh yeah, you know, no one's going to touch them now. Disney have taken over. Yeah, Disney got everything now, and they got the Simpsons as well. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, what's your favourite part of Ragnarok? Oh, the battle between Thor and Hulk. Gotta be. Yeah, my favourite part is when um, when Thor realises that he's fighting Hulk. And he's like, yeah, we're friends from work. <laughs> and the look on Loki's face. Yeah. yeah. That is just, that is amazing. They are so good together. And I, what I liked about it as well is when Loki tries to trick Thor towards the end when they're sort of going through it. I liked that he didn't fall for the same trick again. Yeah. And that he saw it coming. Yeah. It doesn't seem stupid. And he just doesn't seem like this sort of gullible, believing, uh, like brother who's just going to believe anything Loki says. He sort of shows that he's grown as a person and a character. Yeah, and I love the introduction of the Valkyrie. Yeah, Valkyrie's really good. She's going to be an end game, I think, as well, isn't she? Yeah, she's got to be, haven't and, she? Uh, yeah. Marvel need more female superheroes. Yeah, they do. They're getting there, though. Getting there. Oh, yeah. They, um... I think I like when um, Valkyrie doesn't realise that Banner's the Hulk and he jumps off the ship right at the end and he yeah. just lands on his face. When he just splats on the bridge. Classic. Yeah. It's really good. And there's amazing characters go. Quark. Yeah, that's the director, isn't it? Who plays him? Yeah, what's uh, it? I I to Oh, he's he's amazing. Yeah. Hello, my name's Cork. We're starting yeah. a revolution. Just like so <laughs> softly spoken as well, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, so the mid credit mid credit scene. Do you think Helen's still alive? She's got to be alive, as such. She's just. Stuck there. Gotta be alive. Well, Odin couldn't kill her, so, you know, nothing's gonna kill her. But will she come back? Does she need to come back? See, I thought they were gonna build her up. So in the comics, you've got um, Thanos. Behind Thanos, one in the Infinity Stones is the third, is Lady Death. I thought they might switch out her for Hela and use her as like the role to be sort of Thanos's inspiration. Well, it, it, it was, wasn't it? Um, that was his love interest, wasn't it, in the comics? Yeah, yeah. So but, um, it doesn't look like they're doing that anyway. I mean, I suppose they could reveal it towards the end. Can you imagine them two teaming up? Yeah. A hell of a partnership, isn't it? Oh, God, I. But then look at the power on her with what she does to the hammer. Yeah, she just destroys it. It's you know, and that's, even the Hulk can lift the hammer and she crushes it to bits with one hand. Yeah. 
So but like, I think what's happened in Ragnarok, when Odin, he doesn't die as such, he just leaves, doesn't he? But I think a lot of that Odin force has gone into Thor. Yeah, and I think that's what the thing at the end is where he can use it without the hammer and he's got yeah, the eyes. It was just stuff. a way to channel his power because mm. he was too powerful. And I think Odin realised, you know, now's the time. You're powerful enough. Go do your thing. Oh, he did as well. And Thor is ultimate, let's be fair. Yeah, I do enjoy a bit of Thor, i got to be honest. My wife loves him. Yeah, he, he's my favourite, i got to be fair. So after Thor Ragnarok, we had Black Panther. Very disappointed with that. Were you? Or you no. must be like in the minority of the whole world. Very disappointed. Yeah, I like it. I do really like it. Hugely uh, built him up in Civil War. Massively. Uh, but basically, I think they showed too much in Black Panther that without his suit, he ain't really much at all. Yeah, but I mean, you could say that about anyone, couldn't you? You could say that about Tony Stark or... No, Tony Stark, even though Black Panther is super intelligent as well, you don't see that come through as much. You know, Stark's one of them that he's got super intelligence, even though half the population of Wakanda have as well. Yeah. Other than with his sister, Suri, you don't see it so much. Tony Stark, you see it with him as such, you know... He created everything about Iron Man, but the vibranium was given to Wakanda as such. But their, yeah. intelligence, their intelligence and capabilities are beyond. Like Suri, is, she's more intelligent than Banner and Stark put together. Yeah. I like her. She's, yeah. Um, I think she'll end up taking over from Stark and Banner. And she'll link up with like Spider Man and some of the others. Well, now they've got the resources of Wakanda at their disposable. It's it's endless the possibility of what they can do now. And I I don't think they showed enough of their tech in Black Panther either. Yeah, I thought they could have shown a bit more. And I, yeah, like, I mean, we were already introduced to the character, we knew who he was. We needed more of Wakanda, and we needed more of what can Black Panther do. Yeah, I like um, Koye and the Dora Milaje, like yeah. the old soldiers, and I like them. They're like a different, they're just something a bit different now. They're just having just a random army to, uh, you know, back in the king or whatever. Yeah, so, but I, I was I was pretty disappointed with that film. You must be like the one person in the whole world. Yeah, I have this argument with a lot of people, mate. And then when I kind of put my side across, I think they dislike it a little bit more, and then I feel bad. <laughs> yeah, you've ruined it for me now. <laughs> Never going to watch it again. And honestly, I've watched this so many times because I love Black Panther. I think he... I was disappointed that they killed Chloroff. I was gutted. Yeah, the potential for that film, it should have been so much more than what it was. 
Yeah, and like, what I didn't like is they, they didn't even, like, they never really, they set him up as the villain a little bit in Civil War. And yeah. he had his arm chopped off by Ultron. So you're thinking, there you go. He's like one of Black Panther's biggest enemies. And then they just killed him in, like, the bank robbery, or the, not the bank, like, the robbery where they were stealing the, the vibranium and stuff. Yeah. And it's like, oh, you know, really? I felt like it under, underwhelming. Like, yeah. I do like, I thought Killma- Killmonger was pretty good um, as a bad guy. I just like, yeah, I can I can see what you're saying. See? Um, but I I bet, see what I mean? It's, hmm. When you sit down and really pick a race, what, what's, what's catchy about that film? I do like it. You know, like, it doesn't yeah. give a rich back history of Black Panther. If you know why yeah. the king has got to be Black Panther and what they're protecting and how and who and all this, you know, you've got to find that out yourself. As a film, it's a it's a big letdown, mate. And I'm not even going to apologise to all the fans now if I've made you dislike that film more. I'm just I'm just making you face reality here, guys. So, in the post-credit scene, it wasn't much to the post-credit scene. You just see um, Bucky Barnes is recovering and whatnot. You see the um, white, yeah. Um, you see the white wolf in it, and um, yeah. he's uh, they put like an outreach center at the building where the guy dies at the start. Which is going to be run by Shuri, um, and then after that was Avengers: Infinity War. Yes, it was. What a film! I'm going to let you go for this because you said you got a, like a big theory which links into it all. So you, you crack on. Well, there's only one person in all the Avengers who knows the outcomes in there. Doctor Strange. Yeah, yeah, and you know, you know the point when he hands over the stone to Thanos. Yeah, the stone is glowing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Stones only glow when they're in use. Right. Okay. So my theory is, Strange has gone through all the possibilities, and he knows there's only one way they can win. He hasn't got time to explain to anyone what this way is. You know, he's just got he's got to force this plan onto everyone. Because out of the what was it, fourteen billion or whatever? Yeah. Out of all the possible outcomes, there's only one way they win. So he's got to force this plan onto everyone. So what I think is happening, that stone that he's given to Thanos there, I don't think that's the time stone from now. I think that's a time stone from the future where they've won. Ah. And he's come back with that stone. And as that stone goes over to Thanos, he knows the click is coming, they're all going to die. Which is why he says to Tony, it's the only way. We're in the end game now. And he knows there's only one person who's probably intelligent enough to pick up on this. And that is Tony Stark. So Tony's definitely getting saved in space. Whether it's by the Guardians of the Galaxy or 
Pepper finds a way to send someone up or whatever it might be, and he's going to work out this is happening. And somehow they're going to go back to the beginning at Wakanda where the big battle starts, the Battle of Wakanda. And Hulk is going to be in it. You know them scenes from Infinity War? Where yeah. Hulk's running with them? I think these are actually scenes from Endgame. Yeah, it's just weird that they'd put it in the trailer. Yeah, and you see the trailers also with them in the Quantum Realm suits. Mm. Yeah, yeah. This has got to be to do with Ant-Man and how they go back to that battle. Or what they've got to do to tweak that battle in their favour, whatever it might be. The two key things here, that stone was glowing when it went to Thanos. So that stone was in use when it went to Thanos. As it's the time stone, nothing at all changed then. No characters went back, forward, whatever. So it makes me think it's a stone from the future that's already in use. And the original time stone is still there somewhere. And that's how they can go back to the beginning of the Battle of Wakanda. I like it. I think, um, yeah, yeah. I think my my only qualm with that would be like it, if they had the time stone to go back, then you just go back to when Thor threw the axe and just say aim for his head. Right. Not what done. if that's not the way they win, though? Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, we don't know the way they win. The only person who does is strange. Yeah, that's true. And like I say, you know, as much as I'd love that line where Thor says, you know, this time I aim for the head or whatever it might be, I don't think he's going to be the one who gets rid of Thanos. Mm. But I I am 99.9% on this one. The time stone that goes to Thanos isn't the time stone that he should be using. Good theory, I like it. And it's also so, like that axe blow to his heart that's gonna kill him eventually. You can't kill him. He's a celestial, isn't he? An axe to the heart isn't gonna kill him. No. That's why I think he hasn't got the full power of that gauntlet on him. That time stone isn't the time stone he needed. And also if he'd have had the full power. He'd have known Thor was coming with that blow. And rather, yeah. rather than click his fingers, he could have gone back a few seconds in time, step to the left, step to the right. Cha-cha slide. Yeah. So, Avengers Infinity War, what was your favourite part, or favourite bit? I, I think there's too many from it. But honestly... When Thor joins the battle in Wakanda. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Because it reminds me of that bit in Ragnarok where he joins the battle there as well. It's the false hope, though, isn't it? In Infinity War, it's like, ah, yeah, here he comes. And then, nope. Yeah. But he was anyway. And you've got to love Groot. Yeah. Groot and I still, Rocket. I still... No matter who you put Groot and Rocket with, they're class. I still prefer Groot 
from the first Guardians film to baby group and teenage group. I still preferred like the original version mate, of him. Mate, if you ever said that in front of my children, they'd batter you. Never disbelieve Groot. <laughs> but yeah. no, I, I I see what you're saying there, but I love that that scene in the the opening scene in Guardians of the Galaxy 2 with Baby Groot, where he's just dancing along and getting his groove on, and there's this ultimate alien battle going on. What was the most disappointing thing about Infinity War for you? Um, how easily Thanos dealt with the Hulk. See, I like... I. As much as I loved it, and I know it needed to happen, I think it was too easy. Yeah, they could the Hulk hit a lot of good shots, and the Hulk is pretty much the strongest being in the universe, which would have done more damage than what they did. Yeah, I think the most disappointing part of the film for me was that the is the Black Order didn't. They all died. I thought they died a bit easy. Like I really liked them. But with them, they did die easy if you knew their background and their back history. But they were brand new characters they brought in. Just to be lackeys, really, weren't they? Yeah. But when you look at their background, they're the baddest of the bad. Like Look at Ebony Moore, what he did to Doctor Strange and everyone else with just his mind. You know, Strange has got to use his hands. Other people got to use it. Just his mind did that. Yeah, I was disappointed that they all died. I don't know what else they could have done. Yeah, what there was no more they could have really done with them. They could have maybe done with, you know, a bit of an introduction beforehand. Maybe, you know, popping up here and there. And especially with um, Proxima Midnight. Where she's basically fighting two humans and losing. Yeah, they didn't make them. No, she was one badass bitch. And I know one of them was Black Widow, but she she would have annihilated them. But then on the flip side of that, Scarlet Witch. You don't really see her power and her potential in any of the films. Well, you see her potential, but you, you don't see her power. You know, she's got the power to break an infinity stone. That is immense. Which, she could also be the one who delivers a kill blow to Thanos, because I think Vision is going to end up dead. Mm, yeah, I'm not sure and about that. I think they'll... I don't know where we're going to stand with this. You know, one or two of the Avengers, one or two big characters, have got to be sacrificed for good in the next film, haven't they? Yeah, I think at least like at least two, maybe more. I've got to die yeah. and stay dead, or certainly stay dead and for the. Is Scarlet Witch going to be that character who keeps losing people she loves? You know, yeah. ultimately she becomes the power she can. Yeah, it's, it's a weird one it's, because it, there's so many different stories and avenues Marvel can take that you don't know till it happens. And that's the thing is you never you just don't know which of them, which of them's contract, up, which of them wants yeah. to resign, which of them's 
don't want to resign. So you just don't know. No, and and as much as I think like, oh, I don't want to lose Iron Man, I don't want to lose him, him, him. There's so many other characters they can bring in and replace with. Now, like when they start bringing in the Celestials and things, you know, there, there's power in abundance. So the others, oh yeah, you know, you you they can be replaced. Especially when they bring in like Wolverine and the Fantastic Four, yeah. And- all the X-Men characters. But the got, thing like, is, yeah, replacing Wolverine, Hugh Jackman has nailed that. I, I think they'll bring him. I think they'll bring Hugh Jackman in, I do. Even if it's just until that girl is old enough. Yeah. Who played in, uh, in Logan, I think when she's a couple of years older, they may do a slight retelling of Logan not completely, but just within the MCU. Yeah, and I, and you, Jackman, there's no one for Wolverine for me. He's nailed it. Yeah, I think that's why. I think that's why I would go with that girl from Logan because she's a she's female and she's younger, so it's just completely different, completely separate from Hugh Jackman. And he's always said that he'd like to be in the MCU, so I can just think that he'll do a short stint. Like, yeah. I don't think but I don't think, you know, the age he's at now and it's a lot of work to stay that in shape. So I think, you know, eventually We he'll... shall see. They've gotta bring the X Men into it one day. Yeah, I think it's two years and they're not coming yeah. in. So after Infinity War was that man. Before we move on, I need to ask, what's your theory? How do they all come back? Um, see, I'm like caught between three different. I think. I think that they will probably, they will go and fight him, early in the film with Captain Marvel. Yeah. And they will think that that's how they're going to win. They'll. Get their ass handed to them, but come a bit closer. And I think she will hurt Thanos, and then he will come down to Earth and attack them at the Avengers facility. And you know, in the trailer where there's like a destroyed building, yeah. And it's just like rubble. I think that's going to be the Avengers facilities. That's going to be like the middle part. Um, that's when the Hulk will come back out. Except he'll come out as like Professor Hulk. So he'll be like the Hulk. But with Banner's intelligence. Yeah. To progress the Hulk side of the character as well. The evolution of Hulk. Um, and then... They'll have the big battle at the end, but I think the way they'll win the battle at the end is when Ant Man comes back from the quantum realm and says, "Look, I can travel through time using the quantum realm." They'll, Tony Stark and Banner all come up with a way to like design the suits and a, a way to go and control it so that they can pick where they come out. Of the quantum realm, so they come out at times they want to come out, and I think they'll try and take the stones before Thanos gets them. And I think that's why you see clips of 
or like pictures of them, like Ant Man and that, but at the Battle of New York, which obviously he wasn't at. And I think that they'll go back and speak to themselves, take the stones before speak to Loki, and that's how Loki comes back into it because it's it's a past version of him rather than I, the I version did think that died. about this one before. But my only thing with it, they'd only have to go back and do it with the first stone. Because Thanos would click on straight away once he hasn't got the first stone. He wouldn't bother going to the second, third. And then, that's what I was going to say, so then once they take one, the stones dis- start disappearing from the gauntlet. So I know if they take the Tesseract, say, yeah, before he gets to the, it would disappear from his gauntlet. And then that's when you have the big battle. And then I think the big battle at the end, because it's a three-hour film, so it's going to be like a big old story. I think the big battle at the end will either be like a battle through time or a battle through like multiverses. So if they don't go back in the past and get like characters which have died or past characters like Loki or Quicksilver or whatever, you might see multiverse where you might just have little glimpses of like little short scenes with like a I don't know like a female Captain America or like a yeah a she a she Hulk or something yeah. just to give like fans those little moments yeah. but then also letting you know that oh, we could, there is a multiverse and we got all these other characters that we could use which are like takes on these characters just yeah. to open it up sort of thing I th- I think you're pretty close there because I think it's going to be a lot of flitting around time and different places and revisiting scenes we've already done but being done different. Like I say, that battle of Wakanda, I think that's going to happen again, but in a different way. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. I don't I I don't buy the the go back in time and hide the stones one. I think it's too easy an answer. If you get me. Yeah. I, and every stone that went to Thanos, other than the time stone, none of them were glowing. Which is why I think, you know, the plan's already in play. I don't think that's the original time stone. But yeah, because it is a time stone, it's still powerful enough to do the click. And Thanos doesn't know he's being played. Because yeah. he hasn't bothered to go I look see. forward. You know, he knows there's only one possibility of him winning. It's never going to happen. Yeah. The other so, one I saw about the time stone, the reason it was glowing, yeah. is because it's a time loop. But it's not like a time loop with Dormammu, where it was like, uh, you know, like a couple of minutes. Yeah. It's like a two-year one. So, like... It'll play out. Like Thanos won't realise until they battle him again and they lose and then it goes back and then they'll cotton on as well. Yeah, I get you. Yeah, that's a good way, yeah. What you, do, you end up seeing, obviously you're not going to see 14 billion or whatever, but like you'll a see loads of different ways. Back in New York and so like, you relive the moment, yeah. Of all those 14 million ways that they could have, they tried to win and lost, you might see like 
they'll show you like quick clips of like I don't know there'll be one where they think they've won and then Thanos comes back and kills Captain America and then it'll go back yeah. to the start and do you know what I mean? They like they'll yeah. show you some of the fourteen million ways that they didn't win. Yeah, do it that way. The thing is, like you say, because there's only really Thanos left and so many of the the Avengers, how can they drag it out for three hours now? That's what I mean. That's why I think that they'll, because in the trailer they've established now that Captain uh, Captain Marvel's with them. Yeah. So, like, she's going to be with them really early. And, like, in the most recent trailer, it was like, well, you've got me now, so we'll go and fight Thanos now. And I yeah. just think that's going to be the first part, and then it's going to go on from there, because they'll have their ass handed to him, but they'll do some damage. He'll come and destroy the Avengers facility, which is then how you might get to, like, the Fantastic Four Avengers or X-Men or something, like, in terms of not them coming in, but just like you might get like a passing comment of like or oh, Reed Richards has bought the Avengers complex or whatever it may be, or prof- someone called uh, Professor Xavier's School of Gifted Children. Yeah, just like a little scene in like passing or something. But um, and then yeah, and then just build towards this big scene at the end because remember they said the, the final battle features something like 60 70 characters because it's just every avenger and superhero and thing that they've featured in all the movies and if they go back in time the baddies will be there as well won't they yeah and i think some of the bad guys will be on going against Thanos as well. Yeah, because of what happened. Who they are. And to be fair, the Battle of Wakanda is probably one of the best battle scenes in the whole of Marvel Universe. It is good. And it's those, um, the Outriders, those, like, the alien things, which they're all just, like, sacrificing themselves against the shield, they, um, they're coming back, so yeah, yeah, it's gonna be awesome. Yeah, I can't wait for it, mate. Uh, next week, mate. Not long. Week. Mate, not long. This well, time this video goes out, it'll be like the same day. Yeah. So, well, hopefully, I'm going to watch it. Well, either well, I hope Wednesday. To be honest, mate. Sort of just take it out now. No, not yet. I'm just waiting on someone to confirm a date. And then I will be booking. Yeah, I don't know where I'm going to go. I'm going to go next week, though. It'll probably be a night I got the kids, but they need to sleep over at Nanny's anyway. Huh. It's overdue. So after Infinity War, there was Ant-Man and Wasp, which we both watched relatively recently. Yeah. Uh, <coughs> Uh, and I actually thought this was pretty good. Uh, I like all the characters and I like the story. Um, 
and think it was probably better than the first one as well. No, I gotta say I love the first one. I love them both, but I, I do love them both. Love but the first one, the introduction of him and the way he's, yeah, I, yeah, I like the first one. Me, I think the bad, the the body in the first one's better. I thought the ghost never really got going in this. No, like, I know they tried to portray her as like so you'd feel sorry for her and stuff. Yeah, in, in, the, in the second one, I don't think it was so much about the goody baddie battle. It was more about the quantum realm. Yeah, they're just building you up to yeah. take the rug away. And I think as well, especially because it had come straight after Infinity War, is it was people were watching it to see, oh, where's Ant-Man been and what's going on with Ant-Man rather than like the overall like story type thing. Yeah. Um, obviously, in the post-credit scene of Ant-Man and Wasp, um, when they're in the quantum realm, or when he's in the quantum realm, uh, Pim, Hope, and Janet all disappear while they're trying to harvest quantum energy. So he's trapped there, or yeah. you think he's trapped there. You don't know if he's trapped there for definite. But, I mean, like Ant-Man and Wasp, you know, if you think this come out in, I just want to check that, just comes out, came out in 2018, yeah? So it came out, Avengers Infinity War came out on should know this because it's like right by my wedding anniversary. Avengers Infinity War came out in, I didn't even say the date. So Around the same May. Yeah. Uh, April uh, April twenty third. April twenty seventh, yeah, I just remembered. April twenty third, two thousand eighteen. And then what Ant Man and Wasp come out on in June, June twenty fifth. So like it's a couple of months. But Ant Man and Wasp still made six hundred and twenty two million in the box office. And any, Marvel, any Marvel film that comes out now is going to smash a box office, isn't it? Let's be fair. Ridiculous. Like, and that's like a couple of months after that big, huge movie that like everyone and their dog went to watch. Yeah, but if they released a new Avengers film every month, I'd probably go to the cinema every month, mate. That's true. Avengers, Avengers Infinity War made $2.4 billion in the box office. It's crazy, isn't it? Crazy isn't the word. Have you seen Captain Marvel yet? I have, yeah. But, um, have you? Yeah. Thoughts? It was alright. Yeah. um, It was alright, one of them. It's just an interesting. I like the soundtrack because I'm a 90s kid, so like. I, I think it's more of a. This is Captain Marvel. This is what she can do. Go meet Thanos. Yeah. I felt like it was a bit, it was a bit underwhelming, like, because I was, when I heard they were bringing in the scrolls and they were doing the Creek Skull War and, and Ronin was going to be in it, I was like, oh, this is going to be fucking awesome. And then it never, 
really lived up to what I was hoping for. No. It's like I thought like Jude Law was really good in it. The work they did on Clark Gregg and Samuel L. Jackson to de-age him, I thought that was incredible. Um, and, you know, the, all the actors, Lee Pace as Ronin was good as going, but he wasn't really in it that much. Um, no, it was, and, it was a, scroll, bit of a bit of a disappointment, to be fair. Considering it's, it's Captain Marvel, they should have gone all out with it. Yeah, I think they should have brought it out. I think what they should have done is they should have brought her in in Avengers Infinity War like they did with Spider-Man and Black Panther and then brought it out where Ant-Man and Wasp came out. Yeah. So, but... and, then, and then put Ant-Man and Wasp where Captain Marvel was. <clears throat> Introducing Captain Marvel to Civil War again... She's a Thor Hulk type character. She's just too powerful. Yeah. It would have been over in an instant. They made one billion in the uh, box office. Which is fucking low. I was disappointed with how they did with the um, with the scrolls as well. Yeah. Like I was forward to them. But although I say that, I got a feeling that after Captain Marvel 2 and 3, I'll probably be all right with it. But at the moment, I'm a bit disappointed with how the scrolls are. Does that yeah. make sense? But yeah. I, like, They're not showing There's no story. It'll be really good. Because like, everyone was expecting them to be like this devious group of bad guys. And they actually said, oh, no, actually, some of them are not. And like, that was quite an interesting like um, twist on it. But it was one. I was expecting. But I mean, yeah. maybe that's on me, not. No, they, they weren't. They weren't bad enough. They were meant to be, you know, the ultimate bodies, the scrolls. Yeah, and I think I think they'll build. They will build to it. But they got to. I think we just wanted yeah, too I, much. I was pretty disappointed with that film. It was just all it was was. This is Captain Marvel. This is what she can do. Yeah, it was basic, wasn't it? Yeah, this is how she became so powerful. So, in the mid credit scene, set in present day, the, uh, the pager which Fury activated prior to his disintegration is being monitored by the Avengers. Uh, she appears and demands to know where Nick Fury is, basically. And then in the post credit scene, which is set in 1995, Cat climbs onto... Fury's desk and regurgitates the Tesseract. Yeah. Which, you know, it's a nice little nice little bow or whatnot, but were you disappointed with how they got rid of Nick Fury's eye? Yeah. Yeah, I was a bit. I was yeah. like, that's it. The way they built it up. And he'd said, oh, the last time I trusted someone, I lost an eye. And then it was just... Yeah, oh, there haven't been no near enough background done on Nick Fury yet. Yeah. To understand the person he is. Samuel Jackson's like 70. And I don't want anyone else to play Nick Fury. Totally with you there. The only other person I think could have got away with him would have been Idris Elba, but they've used him already. Yeah, and I just, like, 
he's 70, like, so he can't exactly go and do, like, a... Oh, he can't do an all-action thing, but they should give a history of who he is and why he is. You know, he was the world's greatest spy. Yeah, there's loads of stories to be told, but I suppose, like, there's ways to do it. Like, he gives a brief breakdown in Captain Marvel, doesn't he? But only a very brief breakdown of who he is. Yeah, I think they could delve into it more in other people's films as well. We like the espionage and that, and Nick Fury was, you know, he was James Bond on steroids. Yeah. Good, uh, good, uh, good description. So yeah, we we need more of Nick Fury. Yeah, definitely. And it, it's also the things he has at his fingertips. Look at the Tahiti Project in Shield. Yeah, you know, there's a lot we don't know about. Shield has opened up a whole world to explore. Ghost Rider. You better get him back on Agents of Shield this year. What do you think of the Ghost Rider films? Disappointed. Ghost Rider films? Yeah. Not a massive fan, but I, I thought the Ghost Rider in um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was awesome. I liked the one in S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, yeah, I, I've got to be honest, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is my favourite TV show. Yeah, that, that was years. my favourite of them all as well. Colton, um, class. Yeah, and I like the way they gradually, like the first season, they tried to just desperately link it to the to the films, and then actually they realised after the first season, oh, we've got loads of comic book stories and characters that we can use. Yeah, they without, built a fan base off like a little bit of, just didn't they? They they tried really hard in the first first series to like. Try and link it all together, like. Yeah. And after that, they seem to realise, oh, look, we've got loads of comic book characters. We can still do little links here and there, but actually, we can have a better TV show if we just have loads of cool characters, which they're not going to use in the movies. Yeah. And they can do what they want with them, then, can they? Oh yeah. So. Roll on, Endgame. Indeed, that's uh, phase three, and that's like two hours worth of shows. So we will be back to review Avengers Endgame when we've both seen it, probably. I may have to watch it twice. Yeah, take some notes. I don't know. We'll watch it. We'll watch it, and then we'll come back. We'll review it, talk about it. Probably do like an hour and a half on that. But um, we wanted to zip through all the different phases. Yeah, hyped for Avengers Endgame next week. One week. Week tomorrow is out. So, thanks for joining me, mate. Appreciated it. No worries, uh, I'm all marvelled out for tonight now, mate. Yeah, same here, mate. I think so, we've got innings in there. Yeah. So uh, go to the YouTube channel, peeps. Hit, hit subscribe. 
come say hi. We'll see you again next time. Cheers. Enjoy Endgame, everyone, and we'll see you soon. Laters. Sports Social Podcast Network.